Welcome to Shutter Slam's Photography Tips with your host, photographer Craig Bechta. Today's podcast is sponsored by Shutterslam.com. Hey everybody, it's Craig Bechta here, and today we're interviewing Jen Rosenbaum. I think I said it right. Just like maybe correct me, Jen, if I didn't. Yes, it is Rosenbaum. And funny story about that if you want to hear it for a long time. People were calling me J-Bomb. They nicknamed me J-Bomb. And I couldn't understand why they nicknamed me J-Bomb until one day I was speaking somewhere and someone introduced me on stage as Jen Rosenbaum. And then I realized that people were pronouncing my name wrong for so long. But I don't know what it is, Craig. I think it's like a New York thing. People here say Rosenbaum, but I accept Rosenbaum too. That's totally fine. All right. I'll just call you Jen. It'd be easier. That sounds good. (laughs) But yeah. So tell us how you got started in photography and then sort of your journey. Because I find it so interesting because you're to me like an internet celebrity kind of thing. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I started back in 2008. I actually bought a camera a year prior. I asked my husband to buy me a camera because I wanted to take pictures of my daughter. And I figured how hard can working a camera be? I, I was an artist and, you know, I can figure out how to use a camera. Uh, I was not right about that. (laughs) I picked up the camera. I had lots of knobs and buttons. I had no idea what to do with it. So I put the camera down for a while. And then uh, about a year after that, I was going through a tough time. I was going through a period of infertility. I was trying to have another baby and um, it wasn't working out so well. So I really picked up the camera as a method of distraction from the time that I was going through in my life. I'm really, I mean, we've met before, Craig, you know, I'm a pretty upbeat person and I have a lot of energy. Um, but that time in my life was a really tough time for me. And the camera really served as a distraction from everything I had going on emotionally. So I just picked up a camera and I remember putting a glass on my table, taking a picture of it, moving a knob, taking another picture, moving a knob, so on and so forth. And just really figuring out how the camera worked. And then I sort of took it to the streets. I played around with, you know, my friend's kids. I took pictures of them and I took pictures of some small weddings, even though I probably shouldn't have. Um, And then a friend of mine asked me to go on a boudoir shoot with her. She was really just looking for some moral support and I had better gear than she did, if we're being honest. So uh, she asked me to, to join her. And when I did, I just fell in love. I mean, this was really only probably three months into my picking up a camera. So I came home and I said to my husband, I know what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a boudoir photographer. And luckily I have a supportive husband. So he said to me, whatever you want, Jen. And shortly after I turned our bedroom into a boudoir studio. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, shortly after that, I got pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of things changed at once. (laughs) So how how long were you sort of doing that before you sort of transitioned into sort of sharing your knowledge and teaching and things like that? Um, I would say about three years into my career, I started getting noticed by some organizations within the industry that asked me if I would be interested in teaching. And honestly, I thought that they were crazy because not only was I only into it for three years, but um, I didn't know that I knew anything. (laughs) You know, I was just like kind of doing my thing. I didn't know that posing and and boudoir was sort of... um, hard, I guess. Not that it was just so easy all the time, but I learned really quickly because boudoir was the only thing I was doing. Um, so in that way, specialism really helped me. Um, so I would say it was about three years in and I really had no experience teaching either, by the way. So thank goodness I have the gift of gab and I was really able to pull it together. And from there, just kind of, I guess more people took notice of me. Yeah. I went to one of your workshops and, uh, it was so entertaining, you know, cause sometimes people 
can be very boring when they're trying to instruct, and I found it pretty entertaining, especially the swearing parts. I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, I do have a little bit of a potty mouth. Uh, you know, one of the hardest things I ever did was spend three days on Creative Live and not curse. That was a tough one for me. Um, but I really only use it when it's so necessary. You know, Craig, like sometimes there's just no other word to yeah. describe what you want. But um, besides that, I think that <laughs> the entertainment factor is important. Photography should be fun and it should keep your interest and it shouldn't just be about, you know, F-stops and, and, you know, reflectors all the time. It should be fun. It should be entertaining. It should be feeling and it should be emotional. And so, yes, I do have a potty mouth and I joke about it, but part of that is the emotional of it. Like I get excited and I'm, I don't know, F-bombs come out sometimes. It just happens. <laughs> so yeah, the first time I saw you was on Creative Live. So how did that come about? Uh, that was really interesting. <laughs> that was one of the first teaching jobs I ever had. I had a couple of small things before that. So people kept saying to me, oh, Creative Live is going to call you one day. I was like, you're crazy. I'm a nobody. Like, who wants to learn from me? Uh, and sure enough, one day um, I had met the woman in charge of education about a year or so prior to when she contacted me. She was still working at WPPI at the time, Arlene. Uh, and somebody introduced me to her. And she said, oh, you know, I'll keep you in mind for anything in the future. And I wasn't really even looking for teaching at that point. So I was like, okay, whatever. You know, it was just a nice introduction. She was very sweet. And then when she went to Creative Live, I was her first hire. And I remember saying to her, are you insane? I don't know what I'm doing. And she said to me, I just know it when I see it. You're going to be all right. Are you taking a job or not? And like, who turns down Creative Live? So yeah, that's, yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> yeah, they don't return my emails. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, so listen, I think you're really good at the business side of things. And a lot of times people want to go from, say, part time and they want to turn it into an income. So, how did you go about that? Like going from, say, a hobby to a business? Um, so this is something that is sort of just ingrained in me. I think I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, my parents, my grandparents, um, aunts, uncles, cousins. I don't know. I just come from a family of entrepreneurs. So it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because I've been around it. I've learned it even through osmosis sometimes. Like I don't even mean to, I just understand it. Um, but it's a curse too, because I have a hard time in my life just doing something for fun. Everything that I've tried to do for fun, that I pick up for fun, I go, how can I make money doing this? <laughs> it's just, it's like a, it's a bad habit, but sometimes it's a good thing. And in this case, it turned out to be a good thing. Um, but I mean, I really, I don't know. It's a challenge for me. I, I like to challenge myself in a lot of different ways. So for me, it really wasn't an option. If I was going to do this, if I was going to take away time from my children, I needed to get paid for it. And that's why I never really felt bad about making money doing it where a lot of people do. Um, I feel if I'm going to put my time and effort and talent into something, why shouldn't I get paid? Why shouldn't I make money? So it just kind of from the very beginning, I mean, I started charging probably more than I should have right away. It was just ingrained in me, I guess. Yeah, because I remember someone in the workshop said, well, you know, there's all these people that'll do it for free, so how do I compete? But you're in a bigger marketplace where I'm sure there's plenty of people that do it for free. So if you can do it in a large city, I'm sure you can do it anywhere. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think people that are in a small town actually have an advantage over people that are in the city, like myself, even though we have many more people. I cannot tell you how oversaturated the market is here for photographers. I mean, when I first started, I was one of maybe three people in New York doing this. Now I'm probably one of 30 people in my on my block. <laughs> you know, it's like there are so many people in my area doing this. 
But I just keep holding my head high and thinking, you know, if I just do my thing, if I get my message out there and I just be me and keep my blinders on, people will hire me. I mean, I'm not looking for 5,000 clients a year. I'm looking for 50. If I can't find 50 clients in New York, then what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, it's like if I can't find 50 willing people here. Um, so I'm not trying to get all the business. There's, there is plenty of business to go around. And the people that don't want to pay anything, I don't really want them as clients. So it works out well that way. Yeah, I guess so. So where can people find out more about you on the web? Because you've tell me about your Creative Live course and your website and all that stuff. Yeah, I have a lot of different places they can find me. Um, first of all, I have a Facebook group on um, Facebook that's called Jen Rosenbaum's Boudoir Group. And that's with a Z. Rosenbaum is spelled with a Z, just so people know that. Uh, if you search for that, you'll see that there's about almost 16,000 photographers in there now where we connect and we help each other and really try to raise up the boudoir industry. You can also find me on Creative Live. I have three different classes there. The one that I most highly recommend, to be honest, is the boot camp. That's something I did a year ago. It's 20 classes, 21 hour classes. So you get a ton of material. It's a huge bargain. Um, but you can also find me on Amazon. I have a book on Amazon. And you can find me on my blog, which is generationsblog.com. And generations is spelled with a J. Um, there, I really kind of air out my thoughts and my feelings. And it's it's about boudoir photography, but it's also not. It's really about my why behind photography. It's about, um, you know, being a woman in this day and age and struggling with femininity and what it means. So I talk a lot about that stuff there. And I also do a ton of workshops and whatnot all around the country. I'm, I'm teaching in all different places as well. So yeah, you've got something coming up in, is it March? Is it in Seattle? I think I saw something like that. Yeah, so in March I will be, well, first of all, I'll be in Vegas for WPPI. So if anybody's there, there's... My photo walk is sold out, but my platform class, there's still room for. And I'll also be speaking quite a bit at the Sigma booth. So if you're there, you can come see me. Uh, at the end of March, I will be teaching an intimate workshop in Dallas. As of now, there's only, I think, seven seats left for that. Uh, it just launched today, as a matter of fact. So half of it is sold out already. And that is a 15-person limit. To 15 person limit. So we're going to have 15 people. We'll have three models, hair and makeup. We're going to go over posing, shooting, lighting, marketing, everything. So that's a full eight-day course. Uh, if they want to see information on that, they can go to gumroad.com forward slash Jen Rosenbaum. And that information is there. And then I will be staying in Dallas for the Southwest PPA Expo. I'll be speaking there on April 1st. And the week after that, yeah, the week after that, I'll be in Chicago, actually, for out-of-Chicago workshops there. And, yeah, that's what I have coming up in the immediate future. Wow, you're busy. So, yeah. listen, what's your favorite camera and lens? Do you, do you have a favorite? Of course, everybody plays favorites, don't they? <laughs> uh, my, I shoot with a Nikon D3S. I have also a Nikon D750, but the D3S is my baby. And if I had to pick a favorite lens, it's a tough one because I really think that lenses, lens choices should be made based on the situation, of course, and what you're trying to achieve. But I would say that the one that I use the most is the Sigma 50 millimeter art lens. And that's mostly because I work in such a small space in New York that I really don't have room for an 85 or a 70 to 200. So I stick with the 50 the most often. So what if you had one tip to share, I guess, with somebody that's trying to take it to the next level, what would that be? I guess really taking it full circle and reaching around to what we spoke about before is not feeling bad about making money, um, not being so concerned about thinking you're charging too much, um, 
obviously we all feel like we want to base our prices on our skill level, but the truth is we are our worst critics. So typically people should be charging more than they are. Uh, and, and, you know, not to feel bad about making money for your time. You know, I mean, everybody else does it. Why shouldn't we also? Yeah, I think people think of that because they start it for fun. And then they have that hard transition of, well, I enjoy it. And I don't know. And, and yeah, and then you end up not making anything because you spend so much time retouching that mm-hmm. you end up making nothing from the shoot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that choose careers because they're fun, you know, um, but or maybe start into something as a hobby because it's fun, but then turn it into a career. But, you know, if somebody's hiring you as a professional, I think you need to act as a professional. And part of that means charging what you're worth. Yeah, I really liked your posing part of your workshop there. I found that, uh, you know, you just sort of talked about things that I never really thought of consciously. Thank you. With your different little diagrams and things like that. You know, because sometimes you're just sort of working and doing things and you just sort of think, I don't like the way that looks, but I didn't really have a way to put it into words. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I talk a lot about the eight points of posing, and that's really the eight points of the body that you need to address every single time you click the shutter. And it's not just knowing what you need to move, but it's how to move it to create the look that you're going for. Because, you know, I come from a fine art drawing background. I've been drawing nudes since I'm like 13. And it's the same thing. I guess I really didn't realize that I knew all of this until somebody once said to me, like, how do you know all of this? I was like, what do you mean? You don't know all of this? Um, So it's really a matter of learning and practicing and understanding how we can manipulate the body to get the look that we're going for. And that look may be one of multiple things, you know, like seven years ago, people would come into my studio and say, can you make me look smaller and thinner? And now people are coming in and saying, can you make me look curvier? And like, I have a bigger butt and, you know, it's like the trends have changed over the years. So in order for me to keep up with all that, then yeah, I need to know how to manipulate somebody's body, whether it be posing, lens choice, lighting, or a combination of the three to get what I'm looking for. Yeah, I know. I I didn't really think of it that way. And so sometimes I just get lucky with the pose, I think. But uh, yeah, it gave me a different perspective on how the body moves and things like that. So that's what I thought was pretty interesting. Thanks. But tell us again, where's the best place, maybe if they were just to go to one place to find you? Because there's probably links everywhere from your website, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely go to generationsblog.com. You can find me there. You can find a list of where I'm going to be. You can connect with me there. There's a contact form there. So if you have any questions where else to find me or my workshops or my products or anything like that, you can message me. I answer all my emails myself, so I will email you back. So if they just type in Google Generations Blog, that should be you? Yes, with with a J. So if you go to Generations Blog or generationsblog.com, whatever you want to do, you'll find me there. Okay, great. I just want to say thanks so much, Jen, for joining me today. I, I learned a lot about the posing. (laughs) Thank you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Beckley here from Shutterslam.com. And I just want to say thanks so much for listening today. And before you go, please give us a five-star rating. And don't forget to subscribe. All right, thanks again. And I'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Shutter Slam's Photography Tips with your host, photographer Craig Beckta. We'll see you next time.